It's the Horror Comedy Podcast with Jake and Haley. It's another episode of the Horror Comedy Podcast. It's the only podcast where we get high and I, Haley, try to scare you. Jake. And you might be thinking, like, why would I want to scare Jake? It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just an innocent himbo frolicking in Call of Duty, teabagging with his bros on Xbox. And that is true. I'm just a regular guy doing regular things. Went to Duluth Trading Co. and bought some sick underwear. They are cool and uh, was very manly. But something you don't know about Jake is that he does not seek this shit out. Ever. Some of it's so unbelievable to him that old Jakey boy will try to explain it away. But some of it is so scary that he would never stumble upon it on his own in nature. And that's why we're going to scare Jake. Yeah. So honestly, to all the feminists out there, I'm the victim here. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they're... We have mostly female listeners. Crazy. So... I mean, thank you for listening, but... Love you. You know. Yeah. And that 2% of y'all that are non-binary, we see you and we... We support you. We love ya. We love our gays and theys, okay? Gays and theys. This is the gayberhood. This is the gayberhood. <laughs> and you are invited. How are you, Jakey? I'm doing good, except for Dill. Dill just ate a cat turd. We're all living our best lives. It's not a good feeling when there's like a cat turd that's covered in litter, not in the litter box. It's like in the middle of your floor. Hmm. That's how you know. They call it evidence. They call it evidence because, yeah, the cat's not moving the poop. They cover it. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. They did their job. I mean. 10 out of 10 to the cats. They did their best. What are we smoking today? Well, we did fresh pickup from Synth Cannabis. Uh, We were actually smoking blueberry muffins. This shit is gaius. Yeah, it smells exactly like blueberry muffins. It's crazy. Yeah, it tastes super creamy and sweet. Speaking of feeling high, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Galaxy Treats. Galaxy Treats is a rare cannabinoids brand that has a huge catalog of Delta 8 gummies, Delta 9 gummies, and that's not all. Delta 8 is a part of the pot plant that makes you feel good. But since it's derived from premium industrial hemp, it's legal and it won't make you feel paranoid. You know what else that means? It means no matter where you live in the U.S., you can get this discreetly delivered to your door. Go to their website at galaxytreats.com and look at their massive uh, variety of gummies, which are all lab tested and produced in the U.S. of A. The U.S. of A. Go. Right now. Now. Right now. Now. Well, wait till after the podcast, but go Go. then. Then. Anything else you wanted to touch on? I have something to show you. Is it your boobies? Nope. Way cooler. I found this. (sighs) Impossible. No, it is. It is. I swear. I found a video I wanted to show you and talk to you about. I found it on the paranormal board of 4chan, and I was able to verify the details, make sure it's... Legit. Yes. All right. We've had some doozies from there. For sure. For sure. We've also had some top tier shit off of 4chan. Yeah. 100%. I'm going to put this on. We're going to describe it what we're looking at as we're watching it and you can look at our instagram if you want to see it too all right i'm gonna hit play on this video describe what you're looking at okay what you're seeing and then we'll talk about it after gotcha okay so what i'm seeing it looks like maybe a bank of some sort a teller a security guard security guards getting up because the door just opened so he's like what the fuck or maybe somebody was ready to come in looks like he's on standing up now getting ready to check someone in he's writing stuff down writing stuff down yep on a clipboard all right 
Is he talking to someone? So he is it looking like he's talking to someone to direct someone, but there's nobody there. Watch this part. Oh, it looks like it's a hospital. Okay. You need a wheelchair? He's like, grabs a wheelchair, he motions to it, and then he puts it back. Yep. And that's where the clip ends. What the fuck? So this is a hospital in Argentina. Yep. And this security guard said he's seen an old lady walk in. So he gets up to help her. He checks her in. She's like, oh, I left something here upstairs when I checked out yesterday. She says, it's on the ninth floor. And he's like, okay, cool. Checks her in. Writes writes down her information. He's like starting to walk her back and show her where to go. And he offers her a wheelchair. And she says, I'm good. And then she walks on and goes Mm -hmm. about her day. Mm Mm-hmm. And then after a while, he realizes she hasn't come back out. So he goes to look for her, can't find her, pulls the security footage. The foot, and he saw this? And he saw this. And the craziest part is the person he checked in, that information, uh-huh. is the person who died in the room that she said she was going to. What? It was an old lady. I just got the chills on my butthole. Gross. I saw That's that. That's foul. What did you think of that? For a second there, I was like, oh, this guy's just fucking high. Right. But when you explained that part, now I'm like, darn. Damn. That shit scared the fuck out of me. It reminded me of that one chick that was like found in the the water thing on top of the building. That's what it reminded me of. Yes. Because it's like. She's like interacting in the elevator with somebody who's like not there. Yeah, with something. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. So scary. You guys should look at our freaking Instagram. And then I have one more other video to show you that I found. Ooh. Same spot. Okay, we got um, a shitty cell phone video pointed up in the night sky. Uh, traffic jam, but there's two fireballs coming out of the or going across the sky. Weird. What the fuck? It is says that? UFO, but I mean it was probably like a SpaceX rocket or something. You think it was too rocket-like? Possibly, there- like something broke up. I could see that. What, where was this at? I don't have the specifics of that. That was actually a man on 4chan who was like on his way home or some shit. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it just looks like two fireballs, but it looks like something entering our Earth's atmosphere for sure. And then I, it goes behind trees. Okay, cool. 4chan. And then I also found this tweet. It says... Heads up, my brother is an airline pilot, 787. In the last 24 hours, pilots are seeing an overwhelming number of things in the sky. Pilots are sharing texts like nothing he's seen. He's reading them off to me as they come in from his coworkers. It's crazy. Well, damn, we should have bought more guns today. (laughs) I love the Second Amendment, but it's to defend from aliens. Okay, let's be real. That's why I would buy, that's why I buy guns. To fight off alien invasion. I don't give I don't use them for anything else but aliens. You can't aliens. be too safe from the aliens. Yeah. But yeah, so somebody posted that screen cap of the tweet and then in response somebody posted that video of whatever the fuck flying over them on their way home from work. Look at our Instagram, you have to see the shit. It's so fucking crazy. It probably they're gonna explain it like, ooh, satellite, re entry. Where's does, the debris? I mean, honestly, wouldn't we probably hear about that i don't know you never hear about the de- debris i just wanted to talk about that i thought that was super super cool i mean it's cool i like it i believe i fucking believe all right nope. good videos two quality videos um it but i mean also it could be like i could see how that guy would have just been like i'm gonna fuck with these guys on the camera yeah if sure. i had to explain it away but but the door did open Mm-hmm. Motion sensor door automatically. And they did open. take down information. Yeah, that matched. Like, why would a security guard know? You know. True. I don't know. Unless he killed her. <gasps> Plot thickens. 
What do you think of that, Felipe? All right. November 5th, 1975. It was a dark and cold evening when the Navajo County 911 dispatch got a frantic call. This is Mike Rogers. Okay, I'm about to put on my acting hat for some of this. The, the Navajo. That yeah. means they're in... Uh, American? They're in, like in Arizona? Arizona, yeah. Arizona, New Mexico area. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's sort of near Snowflake, Arizona. And they got a frantic call, and I'm putting on my acting hat now. Gotcha. Okay. Off my regular She's hat. about to... She's wearing hats. Put it on my hat. This is Mike Rogers. Nope, that wasn't very good. This what? is Mike Rogers. He screamed. He was frantic. He was tearful. I'm at the dirt road in Highway 180. I need some police here now. One of our crew members got out of the truck and I... I just don't know. I left him there. And when we came back to get him, he was gone. He's missing. Travis Walton is missing. That was good. I mean, that was that was solid. I was convinced. Were you? You're yeah. like about to don the search party, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, who... Wow. Who are you? Take that, take that hat off right now. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, Put the Haley hat back I on. Took, okay. Wait, that was the same one. Oh, my uh, God. fuck. Okay, we're good now. Deputy Chuck Ellison was dispatched and showed up at the substation the man called him from. A substation is like a tiny, tiny, tiny police station that is just there if you really need help, but there's nobody, there's no cops there. You could just call. <laughs> Useless. Useless. Deputy Chuck Ellison was dispatched and showed up at the substation the man called him from. There was one older-looking man, hysterical, pacing around outside of a 1965 international pickup truck. Just cigarette. Well, he was a non-smoker, but there were five other men. (laughs) Smoking for him. (laughs) They were. They were smoking enough cigarettes for all of them. So there were six men total. The crew was tense and quiet. Mike, the older man, and I only mean older as in he was the oldest one there, but he was only 28. Okay, gotcha. Mike quickly approached Deputy Ellison and told him that they really, really needed help. Bring in the National Guard! We need the Navy, the Army, the Marines, everybody. The Air Force. The Air Force. They don't do much, but we can catch a ride with them. The rest of the men piled out of the car, all headed to the deputy, and they were all kind of talking at once. Everybody was very hysterical. How many guns did you bring? Did you bring one? You bring? Is that all you got? Is that little pistol? Where's the shotgun? Where's the shotgun? Need, you got bazookas in the station? Come on, man. One for each hand. Deputy Ellison told the men to calm down and reassured him that he would speak to them all one-on-one. He grabbed Mike, pulled him to the side, and asked him what happened. All right, all right, Mike. Relax, okay? I got a lot of guns. You got a lot of guns, I'm sure. What's the situation? What's going on? Enter our third, I think, ever horror comedy podcast theater. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You will Give be... Give me a hat. Oh, put your acting hats on, everybody. Um, you will be Deputy Chuck Ellison. Gotcha. Thank God you're here, officer. I'm so sorry. I Sir. I need you to calm down and tell me what happened. I don't know what happened. Honest, I just know Travis is missing. He's one of my guys. We were out working in the forest and I... What do you you mean he's missing? He's on lunch? He just... What happened? Officer, I know this sounds crazy, but you have to believe me. We were driving down the dirt road back to the highway. We barely left the work site, like a quarter mile out, and we saw this light through the trees. Okay, like a campfire, like a hunter's cabin like what's going on no 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 it was floating in the sky we went around the bend with the road and honest to god i don't know what it was but it was floating and glowing it was right above the trees floating in the forest mm-hmm. okay and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't gonna pull over but i wanted to look at it so i just slowed down and i was damn near stopped and travis just got <sighs> out why the fuck did you stop to look at it you dummy we what do weren't you mean even stopped we weren't even stopped he just got out and he ran out of, he ran after it and you're telling me he just ran into the woods yes yes and then we were all yelling at him and watching this thing and it started to rumble it was rumbling the ground so hard i could feel it in my steering wheel and it was making this ungodly sound okay so let me get this right you got a floating light Travis runs off, and now the ground is shaking. 
Have you had anything to drink tonight, sir? No, you have to listen to me. This light zapped Travis, and it hit him so hard he flew back about 15 feet, and he hit the ground so hard that he bounced. Mike, Mike, what, what are you telling me here? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But after that, I started the truck, and I drove away, and we left him there. I came to my senses after a little bit, and I turned around, and we looked, and we looked, and we couldn't find him. Hmm. This is smelling like foul play. That's exactly what Deputy yeah. Ellison said to himself. Mm-hmm. End scene. Great job. End scene. <laughs> so Deputy Ellison pulled the rest of the men aside one by one and asked them what happened. And they all had the exact same story. The deputy called in the sheriff, Marlon Gillespie. Each of the crew was searched and sniffed. Worst last name, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> you got an old dime mafia Gillespie. name. <laughs> Yo. Each of the crew was searched and sniffed for alcohol and marijuana, but none of them smelled or seemed suspicious in that Open regard. Open your breath, boy. <laughs> Bend over and cough. <laughs> yeah. But you don't, you smell their butts or you smell I don't their know. breath? When they Maybe cough? he was boofing something. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. They're huffing fucking air duster. Huffing farts. <laughs> the sheriff told the men that he needed three of them to come with him, volunteer, and accompany him to the scene. And he gave the rest of them strict orders to go home for the night and not leave town. All right. Form up, posse. We're going to have to get together and get your guns, okay? That's right. That's right. I know you got a couple. Where are they? Where are they? Mike, Kenny, and Alan, three of the dudes in the crew. The three horsemen. <laughs> the three horsemen of the apocalypse. No. They lead the deputies to the site. The cops begin to look around. Mike, Kenny, and Alan thought that they were looking for any sign of the craft. But Deputy Ellison and Sheriff Gillespie were actually looking for a body. Well, yeah. Because these guys were probably all hopped up on uppers and downers and swimmy swams or whatever was going on in 1975, but, um, yeah, they could be drinking, they could be fucking, and they probably murdered this kid. That's what they're thinking. Man, we smoked so much ground meth. We th- <laughs> he became a big light, and we had to fucking run him down, He had no choice. It was for the safety of humanity. Travis was being a big bitch all day on the work site, and then at the end of the day, we just had to, Yeah, you know? he, was call- he called off work. He called off? Sick. To read comic books. Two days in a row, bitch. Two days in a row. The deputy believed that the men were traumatized, but not by something floating and glowing in the sky. He thought that there must have been some sort of fight or an accident that culminated in a violent end to Travis's young life. And the men were traumatized from being forced or volunteering to clean it up. And they just fucking were like, like, they thought, they thought, they were like, all right, guys, let's get our story straight here about what happened to Travis, okay? Driving through the woods. Light. Big ball of light. Flying. Unexplainable. Okay. Crazy. The less you know, the better. Yeah. Okay. Hits Travis. I'm not going to say abduct in my statement, but you guys say whatever you want. Okay. The crazier, the better. And then, yeah. Are we in in agreements? Travis, light, aliens, rumbling. Um, Also that they included that his body like smashed into the ground to possibly cover up any sort of blunt force trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a little suspicious. They're very specific on that part of the story. Smashed. On the ground, Your Honor. Seven times. It was Seven. crazy. He fell From into height. a knife. Yeah. <laughs> he fell into a knife eight times. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Police started to look in the area, and their findings that night, or lack thereof, seemed to support their suspicions. There were no footprints here. There was no odd smells, and there was no burn marks on the ground. The two officers searched the brush and also investigated the surrounding dirt for any sign of being recently disturbed. 
With the night getting colder and no sign of Travis, the officers drove the men home back to Snowflake, Arizona, and ordered them not <laughs> to leave. Of course, it's called Snowflake, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, that's where they lived. They worked in the... Snowflakes. Snowflakes. They worked in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest, and they lived in Snowflake, Arizona. All of them. Um, they would come back in the morning with a search party. In Snowflake, Mike's wife, Katie, waited anxiously for her husband to get home. She tried to focus on her quilting, but as the night got later and later, she was consumed by worry. This is Mike's wife? Mike's wife, Katie, yes. Okay. Katie sounds like she was having an affair with Travis. Whoa. That's what I'm guessing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. And you think Mike... Mike kills Travis. You're welcome. This is crazy. When Mike finally came through the door, after being dropped off by police, Katie was freaking the fuck out. What the fuck did you do, Mike? Right? You're so late. The cops are involved. Like, what... You're so fucking lazy, you're a bum. She said that Mike looked 30 years older than when he left that morning. Ew. All right, that's kind of fucked up. He's just out there. Looking like shit, shit not wearing sunscreen. Like, yeah, damn. Wrinkly ass bitch. Wrinkly ass, leathery <laughs> ass motherfucker. He told her what happened. Mike's younger sister, Dana, then came over. That was Travis's girlfriend. They just started dating. Not recently, but they- I knew it. That's Travis's girlfriend. Maybe he did her dirty, like- you think? Yeah. Or he was mad that he was dating Mike. That's Mike true, was true. mad that Travis was dating his younger sister. I Dana. once seen Travis huff a snow cone out of a stripper's asshole. He's not right for you, Denise. Not right for you, Dana. Dana. Not right for you. Um, so Dana comes over and they tell Dana, who was Travis's girlfriend, what happened. He's gone. Mike kept apologizing for leaving Travis. Dana was shocked. He didn't give a fuck. All right. He's definitely like... <laughs> Well, Travis, go check that out. Go check that ball of light out, buddy. That they saw oh, him shit. get blasted and drove away. They weren't like, "Oh, he smashed into the ground. We should make sure he's all right." No. They were like, <laughs> "Bye." Not us. Not us. Seats so taken. Seats taken. Dana was shocked and sad, and honestly, she was obsessing. Where was Travis Walton? Where did her boyfriend go? Where's my boyfriend? I would not be okay. I would be feral. Like nothing. I mean. I would find you. Nothing could stop me. On the other side of town, Travis's older brother, Don, woke up at 3 a.m. to the sound of someone pounding on his front door. It was his mother. Oh, fuck. I thought it was Travis. <laughs> no, we wish. She was crying. She was hysterical. She was saying, they got him. They got him. Travis is missing. The next morning, news had spread like wildfire. Wait, who's they? Well, she wasn't sure. She didn't know if, like, the crew killed him or... Was she suspicious of that? A little bit. I mean... Okay. Most I mean, anybody would be, right? But at the same time, Mike told her and Dana told her a fucking, fucking aliens, man. floating light. So they, she doesn't know who. She doesn't know who she's talking about. The next morning, news had spread like wildfire. Snowflake was a very religious place, and talk of a UFO wasn't met with kindness, let alone believed. As far as most townsfolk gave a shit, seven men went into the woods and only six came out. Uh, 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 uh. It wasn't a UFO. That's hard. Huh? That's hardcore. Right? They were like, it's not a UFO. It was a homicide. Something horrible happened to Travis. A gigantic manhunt was started. They had search dogs, hundreds of people, and helicopters looking for Travis. Oh, 1975 helicopters. Fucking biggest fucking honker of all time. Each of the men who worked with Travis turned up to help look for him. They were all separated and accompanied by a police officer. Mm-hmm. As Mike searched, the cops kept telling him to just reveal where he hid the body so they could all go What? Man, you ain't giving Mike no benefit of the doubt? Absolutely not. It was clear that this was officially a homicide investigation. It was a chaotic and emotional scene. 
Among all the police cars and trucks of people who just wanted to help, there was one unmarked all-black vehicle with matching all-black rims. <laughs> of course. And there was two men sat inside. They were both wearing dark shades and a dark suit. Of course. The shady government's involved. You think that's who it is? Yeah, it's men in black. Men in black. What the fuck? I always think, like, the men in black are aliens. Yeah, we make sense. They're always there. Uh, they show up. Just wait. Just Agent wait. Smith. Travis's brother Don worked with the Forest Service and also helped in the search. Forest Service also sent out another agent who arrived with a Geiger counter. In the area Travis went missing, the Geiger counter went off the charts in a 100-yard radius. It really scared the shit out of Don. Damn, that is crazy. Right? Geiger counters, like, they don't... I mean, that's like... What, like, why would there other... Why would there be radiation in that part of town? Right. Or any, in that forest, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, it's not like... I mean, it's not by office buildings and shit where... I mean, I can't even think of an excuse for it to be there, though. After the search was over, Mike just wanted to get something to eat. So he drove back into town and pulled up at the local grocery store. There, at the outside of the parking lot, facing him, was another all-black car with all-black rims. And just like the one he saw before, there was two men in black suits wearing shades. For a second, he could have swore that they made eye contact with him before they looked away. He was under a ton of stress. Was he imagining it? Was it an undercover cop? November 7th, 1975. It was the FIB. The FIB. The fuckers in black. <laughs> it was, though. It was definitely the men in black. You think so? You're, yeah. You're leaning towards aliens, not homicide? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have been like, well, fuck, they're aliens, dude. I'd be the worst cop. People oh, yeah. tell me, and I would just believe them and be like, ah, right, well, aliens it is. Case closed. November 7th, 1975. The next day, the cat was out of the bag. Travis Walton's disappearance became a global news sensation. TMZ Const- got a hold of the story and <laughs> fucking ran it into the ground. Aliens? Oh, maybe. Oh, shit, he's gone. It's either a murder or alien. Either way, it's very exciting news for yeah. some people. <laughs> Sheriff Martin Gillespie's phone rang constantly. Great. And Crazies. It- for real, and it's aliens. Like, aliens? There's aliens in Snowflake. Can we, can we'll we quote you on that? Aliens in Snowflake. What a what a phrase. Yeah. Definitely uh, nothing I would think would be together. Right, right, right. There was no caller ID in 1975, and there was no cell phones, no pagers. So he had to answer every single call that came in in case it was related to his job. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Reporters swarmed Snowflake at this point. November 8th, 1975, I was able to find a newspaper article from that day, like a vintage one that had been scanned and digitized. Sick. And we'll have you read it for us. Okay, here we go. Reading. (laughs) Snowflake resident missing in UFO-linked incident. Northern Arizona Bureau, Heber. The Navajo County Sheriff's Office is investigating the disappearance of a snowflake man, who, accordingly to six companions, vanished after being struck by a ray of light from an unidentified flying object. Sheriff Marlon Gillespie said Friday that searchers have found no trace of Travis Walton, 22, who vanished Wednesday night in the Turkey Springs area of the Sitgreaves Apache National Forest near Heber. Gillespie said his office received the missing persons report from six... (laughs) Anytime it says snowflake, man, I just laugh. It is kind of funny. Uh, who were with Walton thinning trees in the forest 12 miles south here on the logging road near 
Mogollan Rim Road. The sheriff said the six men reported seeing a lighted object hovering above the ground near the forest road on which they were traveling at about 6.15 p.m. When they stopped, he said Walton got out of the truck and ran to the object. Dumbass. Doesn't say that, but that was just <laughs> Editorial ad- take. Ad-lib. Gillespie said the men told him they observed Walton being struck by a ray of bluish light from the hovering object, adding that they were frightened and drove off, leaving that motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) When they returned about 50 minutes later, the men told the sheriff the hovering object and Walton were gone. They drove back to the telephone and reported the incident about 7.30 p.m., Jalepi time. <laughs> I'm not a total disbeliever, the sheriff said, of the six men's account. He said no discrepancies have been found. He said the six men who were not identified will be examined by a polygraph expert on a voluntary basis early next week. Yep. Ooh, will they crack the case? Will Find they? out next week on <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so Travis had been... That was excellent. Thank you for that. You. So Travis had been missing at this point for three whole days. Every hour that Travis still had not been found was more pressure on the remaining men. Some of the crew felt such pain and regret at the distrust that they wished they had been taken too. Oh, survivor's guilt. Right. Wow. That's exactly what it yep. is. The police Damn, from aliens, that's even that's like that's like ten times worse because think about it like You're being framed by an alien. Yeah. How could Ain't you... nobody going to believe you. And the aliens are just like, get perfect crime. Stupid fucking humans. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I can't imagine how you must be feeling because his, like, Mike's sister and his wife and, like, his immediate family believed him. Okay. They had to. Otherwise, they'd probably get kicked out. Right. <laughs> or murdered like Travis. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I can't imagine feeling like everybody else is, like, against you and suspicious mm-hmm. of you. And, mm-hmm. like, nobody believes you. The police were balls deep in the investigation, and they really dug deep into the history of the crew. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about them and what happened leading up to it. Travis was 22 years old in the fall of 1975. His mustache was long, and the days were short. (laughs) Good one. Thank you. (laughs) He worked as a logger on a team of six other dudes. (laughs) Young man. Young man. (laughs) They were thinning trees on a contract, which they were mostly done with. They had about 20% of the project left, which they were racing to finish before the snow started to come down. Life was good for Travis. He was dating a girl named Dana, who was the sister of his boss, Mike. Oh, he's going to climb that corporate ladder. (laughs) Climb her corporate ladder. I was going to say he's going to climb something. (laughs) Mike, he actually didn't take offense to this. Mike was the type of dude who did not hide his family. He had the most experience out of all the men. He had been logging for nine years. He was a whopping 28 years old. So that means wow. he started when he was like 18. 18. Dang, That's Mike. Crazy. Another fellow. Mike and the boys. Mike and the boys. Another fellow on the crew was married to Mike's wife's sister. Okay, that's a hard one. Mike's brother-in-law. His this is name- the weirdest fucking. Just your homies. Ancestral. Just whoever. Yeah. Hey, hey, you got a woman? You dating someone's sister? Yeah. I got a sister you might like. If you're dating someone's sister, you're on. Uh, So it was his brother-in-law. His name was John, and he was the type of guy to get along with most anybody. Dwayne was the newest to the crew, and it sort of showed. He left things messier than the rest of the crew would have liked. Fuck, man. Dwayne didn't get no wife related to anybody. Hell fucking no. We don't know how he got here. Travis frequently had to move equipment for Dwayne's safety. He was, like, kind of always in the way. But he did have... Have you seen X-Men? No. The reality show? Yeah. About loggers? Yep. I'm about to watch that. It's crazy. You're going to love it. I'm going to watch that. I know you're weirdly into that shit. I am. Like... I don't know why. It's it's good. 
We'll watch an episode of that. Okay, sounds good. But he had a really good work ethic, unlike Steve, who was only 17 years old. So, I mean, it's not really his <sighs> Fuck fault. Fuck Steve, man. <laughs> he's, he's just running around naked. Naked in the woods. In the woods, yeah. <laughs> fucking showing up late on drugs. Probably. Whenever the bosses weren't looking, Steve would slack off. And it caused a bit of tension between Dwayne and Steve. Then there was Kenny, who was a happy-go-lucky but shy guy. Last, there I was... just happy to be on the crew. Yeah. He, there's Nobody really talks about Kenny ever, actually. Last, there was Alan. But when Kenny speaks, you listen. Probably true. <laughs> I can infer that. Last, there was Alan Dallas, which is a really cool name. Alan was the black sheep of the crew. Him and Travis had been known to butt heads and even got into a fight on a job site. Damn. Right. But the men were still close at the end of the day. Even on a long drive home after a day of hard work, there was rarely a quiet moment. There was a lot of camaraderie there. It was yeah, a- I fucked your sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fucked your mom. <laughs> we gangbanged your brother. <laughs> oh, shit. What? <laughs> it was a ragtag crew. And since it was 1975, there was no industrial lighting, meaning the men had to work together and be efficient so that they could get as much done during the daylight yeah. hours as possible. And you couldn't look at your phone to avoid your coworkers. Yeah, so you just had to talk to them and bang <sighs> their sisters. Today was no different for the boys. For the menacists. For the menacists. It was November 5th, 1975, and the sun was starting to set. As always, the men packed up their equipment and all loaded into their 1965 international pickup truck just as it began to get dark. They had an arrangement where the non-smokers would sit in the front, Mike would drive, and the smokers would sit in the back so that they could chain smoke without throwing butts and smoke into the other guy's face. Gross. Still gross. Still gross. They left shortly after 6 p.m. and had a long drive to go. The documentary I watched said it was 30 miles, and the book I read said it was an hour and 20 minutes. And when I looked it up on Google, it said it was two hours and 21 minutes. So, I have no idea. <laughs> Pick one. Okay, here's what it is, though. These logging areas where they're, like, thinning trees and shit, <laughs> very remote. Like, and the roads are usually a lot oh. of switchbacks up and down the hill and stuff like that. Yeah. It was a long drive, is the point. Okay. They drove a quarter mile when they first saw the light floating in the quarter sky. Quarter mile and a quarter ton. <laughs> and that's when they first saw the light floating in the sky. When they followed the bend of the road, the crew saw the thing. See, the drinkers would sit up front and Mike would drive and he's blasting <laughs> and then the smokers are in the back and we're just fucking... And then I passed my cigarette to the right and then yep. Jeff passes his to the right and then we just fucking... <laughs> we have a rule that if you need yeah. to smoke your crack pop, you have to crawl out into the bed to yeah, do that. Yeah, we don't smoke crack in the cab because <laughs> that would be unethical. <laughs> we don't want Jeff or Mike too fucked up to drive. <laughs> Whatever the thing was, it floated silently above the trees. It looked like two pie pans stacked with the mouths touching. And it Ew. was, I don't know how else to describe it. And now kiff. It was glowing from the inside out. Mike hit the brakes to a roll, but not a complete stop so that he could get a better look. Before anybody could even ask, what the hell is that? Travis hopped out of the passenger. What the hell is even that? Daddy chill. <laughs> Daddy chill. <laughs> Travis said, Daddy chill, and hopped out of the passenger seat and took off towards the thing. Then Mike stopped the truck and turned it off and was like, Travis, uh... <sighs> Motherfucking Travis. The saucer started to rumble, which shook the ground so bad that Mike felt it in the steering wheel. It made a high-pitched ringing sound and the light began to concentrate into one blue beam. It zapped Travis, and he flew back almost 20 feet before slamming so hard onto the ground that his body bounced like a ragdoll. Yeah, bitch, don't run up on me. Fucking blast you with that blue light. Mike turned the truck back on and floored the fuck away. Well, yeah, they don't want to get blasted by the blue light. Hell no. They're like, oh, we don't affiliate with him anymore. They drove a quarter mile before slamming the brakes. 
The rest of the men were like, keep a going, keep mile. going. Yeah, he's not that far. Not really. Okay. Um, but the rest of the men were like, go, 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 go. Like, keep driving, like, go. Fuck no, man. That's my sister's fucking doofass boyfriend. Dana will kill me. Dana will kill imagine, me if I don't bring him back. Imagine I took TJ to do a fucking thing and then and you killed him. I lost him yeah, in the you woods. lost him? That'd be terrible. Leah would never speak to me again and Ever. I would understand. Yeah. Outside of the truck, they saw a flash in the sky that phased out in a line. They figured it was gone and it was safe to go back. They drove back very slowly. They searched... Cut, cut the lights, Dale. Cut the lights. Oh, probably. They searched for Travis but they couldn't find him. They stayed in the car and drove down the road and were just like, Travis, Travis, Travis. <laughs> but they Look, were like, officer, mm. we really tried to We really him. were. They looked in the bushes and they searched everywhere. <laughs> then Mike started to fucking freak out. He fell to his knees. He started shitting spaghetti, having a menti bee. Travis was his best friend. He what? Was, yeah, he Dang. was his sister's boyfriend. Promoted. He felt beyond guilty. They got yeah, back. Yeah, you left him. You did drive away without him. Yeah. I, you know, if it was like you or Garrett, you know. I'm not driving gonna, away. No, I'm driving towards that object. Fuck yeah, the car it's safer is my in the biggest truck. weapon. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I might accidentally run over your leg, but we're gonna save you. We're not gonna leave you. <laughs> we're gonna die together. Yeah, absolutely. So they all got back in the truck and left to find a phone. It was an emotional trip. There was a phone at a substation as they pulled off the dirt road onto the highway, and they used it to call 911. That's when Officer Chuck Ellison showed up. To prove their innocence, the crew agreed to take a polygraph test. They went to the courthouse jail combo on November 10, 1975. Polygraphs take about two hours each, and they did multiple tests each. How would you know that, huh? Or did you have to take a polygraph test? No. Oh, okay. Beep. That was a lie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> have kidding. you really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, damn. Wow. Um, polygraphs take about two hours each, and they all did multiple tests, so this was a long and painful day for them. But Mike said he would take true serums, he would do hypnosis, he would do as many lie detector tests. Bring me that CIA shit. Yeah, he was like, I'll take 50 fucking lie detector tests. I did not kill Travis. Like, I did not touch him. I'm telling you. Was I you. drinking that day? Hell yeah, I was. <laughs> but I did not kill Travis. I did not touch him. But he was ready to do anything to prove to the police that he was innocent. In his mind, the police were wasting precious time where they could be killing yeah, the first aliens. 48. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, it's probably even the first 24 with aliens, honestly. Yeah, you got the first five. <laughs> you got like two, you got two ten minutes. fucking, yeah. <laughs> okay, they'll have you fucking probed and skinned in five. <laughs> yeah. Mike thought that, he also thought that this was like a setup. He was like, I'm going to go. They're just going to like fail me. It's going to be whatever. I'm going to go to jail. That's going to be it. All of the men, though, they all thought they were going to go to jail they that passed? day. No, they all thought they were going to go okay. to jail. They all thought they were going to go to jail. Yeah. So, like I said, they all did like three tests each at least. Makes sense. You got to get like a baseline, all that mm -hmm. stuff. I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. Five out of six of the men passed their test. Allen's was inconclusive, and he took three. And the last one, it didn't say he lied. It said it was inconclusive. Ooh, Allen didn't like Travis. Mm. Sus. The polygrapher admitted that he was really surprised by the results because he thought they would all be lying. Okay. All right. Well, close enough. Two out of three. Two out of three. Late that night, the phone rings at Travis's sister's house, and her husband, Grant, answers. This is Travis. Come and get me. Grant almost hung up because he thought it was a prank. But it was no prank. What the fuck? Why'd you say it so nonchalantly? Yeah, Travis is back in town. The boys are back. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> 
Travis is back. Travis is back. So he left. He swung by Travis's mom's to pick up Duane. Not Duane, but Duane. It's Duane. Yeah, Travis's brother was visiting. So he came and he got him. And they drove up to where Travis described he was, which was in Heber, Arizona. Heber. Got it. Heber. I mean, Heber. Herberger. (laughs) Herberger. Travis said that he must have passed out after he made the call because instantly the truck was there and his brother came and picked him up. Travis was hysterical. Duane lifted him into the truck. Travis said he was disintegrating in that moment. Travis had lost 10 pounds and was severely dehydrated. Oh. Aliens, come on. We need water. Okay, we're made of it. Yeah, get it together. You should know Fuck. this. Fuck, yeah. Put, put, it in, put an IV in us at least. You don't have to fucking let us dry out. That's yeah. You got to water us once a day. Yeah. <laughs> we're Good not point. succulents. Come on. A quote from Travis. I found myself laying in the roadway, and I saw a craft hovering there that just stood there for a second. That's the last I've seen of them. He wandered the road for hours. Then he saw the lights of Heber, Arizona in the distance. He ran down the road into the town and called his family. Was he naked? No, he's wearing the same clothes. Okay, cool. He ran down the road into the town and called his family at a phone booth. They came and got him. On the way back, Travis tried to piece together what happened. (laughs) Right? I bet. Did I run after that? You really ate crow there, bud. Crack strength. (laughs) Crack strength. He asked Dwayne and Grant, "Where are the guys?" Dwayne answered that they had all been looking for him and worried sick. Travis looked more confused by that. Looking for me? Grant was like, uh, yeah, Travis, we were scared you were dead. Fucking two weeks later. Travis was like, how long was I gone for? And Dwayne was like, feel your face, Travis. Travis lifted a hand and felt a thick growth of facial hair. It wasn't a five o'clock shadow. Actually, <laughs> Fucking it, full beard. It felt like a week of growth. He started to cry. You've been gone for five days, Travis. This is a quote from Travis. One of the biggest shocks I had to deal with when I was returned was finding out that this brief period of time had somehow taken over five days. My brother asked me to feel my face and I had a week's growth and it really took my mind to reel the fact that as far as I knew, it was the same night. He tried to describe what he had experienced, but he became an ugly crying mess. No crack does. No crack. No crack. Dwayne said, don't talk right now, dude. It's okay. Let's just get you home. We were all worried about you. Get you you home. That's the most important thing. They were relieved to have Travis home, but they were so, so... Did they check his body? Marks. Markings. Oh. Anything? Well, I... We'll get to it. Okay. Okay. We'll get to it. How big was his asshole? Massive. You can see it from space. Probed. They got him dirty. They were relieved to have him back, but they were really, really scared. Don's wife still won't talk about it. 40 years later, 50 years later. The story was so hard to digest. It was a traumatizing five days. Travis went on to marry Dana. She was scared. She really? Didn't, yep. Yep. How did that go? Marry me. Before I get taken again. Please. Please. Marry me right now. I need health insurance. No. I need health insurance. <laughs> no. I'm dead. Uh, she was scared when he was gone. She didn't know if he was dead. She said she never, ever believed that Mike and them killed him. She would go out when he was missing and stare at the sky and cry and beg for them to bring Please. Travis. Please. She's out there in like her nighty, her nighty shirt. It's giving Southern Gothic. Or a, maybe a Bud, Budweiser. Yeah. You know? Please, God. Cigarette in one hand. Mascara. Please, give me my man. Give me my baby back. My it, baby. It's giving Southern Gothic, and I'm a big fan. Travis, come home. Uh, she said she would go out song. And, st- and stare at the sky and cry and beg for them to bring Travis back. He said in an interview 40 years later that they must have heard her. That's so cute. 
And they cried together in this interview also. And it was 40 years later, so they're still affected by this. When Travis's mom saw him, when he well, first... Well, you don't, you don't stop being abducted. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, after that happens, it's just like, yeah, well, that was... That happened. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he's... I hope, they, I hope he saw a therapist. Yeah, that's a traumatizing thing, I, know, I bet. I mean, yeah. For sure. That night when Travis came home... When his mom saw him, she just all she could do was cry. And she was not the crying type. She, everyone was just so happy that Travis was alive. Huh, yeah, they're not going to jail. <laughs> yeah. For murdering Travis. <laughs> yes. Fuck, what a relief. Dwayne was determined to protect Travis. He reached out to ARPO, which is the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, which is Tucson based. Tucson? I don't know how to say that. Tuxin. Tuxin. That, there you go. It's Tuxin, Arizona. Jim and Coral Lorenzen formed it with the goal of investigating UFO phenomenon from an unbiased and scientific perspective. Can we get sponsored by the ARPO? I would love to. I'll ask. Doctors and scientists worked as consultants for each case. Dwayne reached out to Jim, and Jim arranged for doctors to check out Travis. Uh, what I want you to do is you go to your local hospital. I'm not going to pay for anything, but... I would suggest getting checked out. And send me those test results once you do. And I'll take a look at them when I have a minute. Uh, du- no. Dwayne snuck Travis out of Snowflake in the dead of night and checked into a hotel in Phoenix under an assumed name. <laughs> For real. All right. I mean, oh, because the men in black. And because there was reporters and oh, people all over. Yeah, good thing. And they didn't know that the reporters and shit didn't know he was back yet. And Dwayne just wanted to, yeah, he just wanted checked to out first. Make sure he was okay. For and the fucking sanctity of his butthole. Yeah, sanctity of the bungus. Yeah, honestly, bungus alliance. So they A R B O. They drove to fi- <laughs> <laughs> the bungus alliance, <laughs> bungus organization. Bungus. Uh, so they drove to Phoenix in the dead of the night and checked him into a hotel under an assumed name. Two doctors were sent over by Artpo. They didn't want any leaks. They said. Travis was examined by the doctors who took blood and urine samples, which were later put through the county toxicology drug screen. What did they find? No drugs. Okay, no drugs. Roger. So he was... Sober. He didn't do crack. Sober bulber. He was was the alcoholic. He was not. Uh, Not. Not the alcoholic. And he told them... Was no weed or anything? No, nothing. Fucking square. Straight-laced man. Square, my guy. (laughs) 1975. Not on acid or anything. Oh. And he told them everything he could remember. Quote, it was just kind of an impulse. Seeing this object there, for some reason, I kind of assumed it was going to take off before I got very far. I thought I'd show off to these boys. <laughs> hey, look at this, guys. I'm going to touch the butt. He's like Nemo. <laughs> he is like this Nemo. This is a classic ne- Finding Nemo situation. It is literally Finding Nemo. Finding yep. Travis. <laughs> finding Travis. We could hear a real low rumbling sound. Pounding, you know, like a heartbeat sort of thing. Then some high-frequency sounds. Very hard to describe these sounds. The closer I got, it got louder, and it started to move. I was startled. Out of fear, I jumped for cover. I was figuring, boy, I really got myself in a bad situation here. I stood up... (laughs) Boy, boy, that's when I realized it was a terrible idea. I have fucked up. I stood up with the intention of running to the truck. As soon as I stood up, that's when I felt this sort of stunning force. Then he remembers coming to on the side of the road five days later, feeling so disoriented that he thought it was only a couple hours. Pictures or anything? Travis agreed to regressive hypnosis, popularized by the Hill abduction from 1961, which we talked about. They scheduled a session with Dr. James Harder, the head of research at ARPO. 
His brother Dwayne really stepped up here. He became the spokesman for the family as well as the bodyguard. And Dwayne's like, look, this is about to be a movie five years later and we'll have the rights to it, so You're about s- to become millions. Your gut check's never wrong. Despite his efforts, Travis's reappearance didn't take long to become news. The dispatcher who patched Travis through to his family the night he reappeared recognized the name and eavesdropped on the call. God damn it. Yeah, because that's when you had to have an operator. Yep. She leaked his info to the cops. The Waltons didn't tell the cops he came back because they didn't want him to be questioned. That's kind of fucked up, right? They're like, oh, I know you didn't get murdered, but we're not going to tell the cops that. We're going to leave the homicide open. (laughs) November 14th, 1975. Four days after Travis's return, Travis met with Dr. James Harder in a hotel. Dana and Dwayne were with him. He prepared for regressive hypnosis. He said... The hypnosis I was under has been a lot of help in helping me to remember this without fear. I was unable to relate to it, any of it at first because of the fear. Physically. Makes sense. Like blocked it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what your brain does to protect that's you. That's what from- I would do. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Fuck you, aliens. Yeah. That's what your brain does to protect you from trauma. Physically, he was on the sofa, but mentally, Dr. Harder took him to the night of his abduction. <laughs> Harder. I know. That is like a <laughs> porn doctor name. Dr. Harder? What? <laughs> Take you back to the night. I'd prescribe a Dickens. <laughs> looks like you need some vitamin D. <laughs> oh. Quote, I was laying on my back. I came to. <laughs> I, I know you didn't do that on purpose. In here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I came too slowly. At first, I thought I was in a hospital. I felt there was something seriously wrong. There was a light above me. But not so bright, I couldn't look at it. I felt but, like a lizard. Like a lizard? A warm light. <laughs> but it interfered with seeing things around me. But I was looking around to see where I was. It was a very small space, but there was something lying on my chest. There seemed Ooh, to be... Was it? There was some kind of a light coming from it. When I looked beyond the edge of it, I saw faces, but it was so blurry, I thought they were doctors wearing surgical masks. Mm, smooth face. It only took a matter of seconds before I realized those weren't human doctors. Oh, fuck! This was an alien face. They were about five feet tall, no hair, real white skin, small features except for... Pasty real- little bastards. <laughs> Ugly motherfuckers. Small features except for real large eyes. Then he freaked out and jumped off of the table. Quote, and when I did, the device fell off. It was just fight or flight, and I grabbed a rod or a tube, and I just started swinging through the air. Hell yeah. Fight, bitch. Travis doesn't fly. Uh. The only opening in the room was beyond them. They left the room. I was afraid they'd come back, so I left there, looking for a way to get out. What were the doors like? You know, I always wonder that. Like, did you have to, like, put in a code or something? The door just opened automatically? There is no door? He does kind of talk about that. The whole craft was lit up in a way I'd consider to be pretty dim by human standard. I felt like there was an insufficient amount of air, like I couldn't get enough air just breathing. The air was in space, my guy. Oh, that's fucking freaky. Right? That's so freaky. The air was thin but humid. He came across another door. Uh, That's called musty. That's (laughs) It's called fucking musty. (laughs) Oh grass. He came across another door. The room was empty except for a single chair. As he went in, the light in the room shifted. He said, It was some kind of projection or some kind of a viewing thing in this room where you could see a map of stars. The points of the, right? The points of light that came through it were not real visible till I got to the chair. 
Away from the chair, the walls didn't seem to have those points of light so much. But when you sat in the chair... You could see that shit. Sick. What the fuck? I've Sick. never heard of some shit like That's that. That's cool. That's crazy. And he described this in 1975. Like, I never even thought of some shit like that in my life. Yeah, that's like, that's tech savvy. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Smart. Yeah. He looked. Aliens. Aliens, I guess. He looked for any way to escape. He said, on the arm of the chair was a screen and some colored spots that I took to be buttons. I was just thinking these buttons might open one of these doorway looking things. Foolishly assuming a door would just be opened in the air and I could drop to the ground, you know, 15, 20 feet. I could handle that just to get out of there. But the buttons didn't do anything, and then he realized he wasn't alone. The figure standing there looked familiar. He assumed it was NASA or the Air Force. (laughs) I know. But he's just trying to make sense of, like... I remember when I got hit by a truck, I was laying on the ground, and I realized, like, I did not know what was happening, and I was like, I got shot for sure. (laughs) Uh. He said, this was a human-looking person. They'd pass in a crowd, this individual. He was bigger than me, taller and more muscular. Very large individual. I went up and I tried to talk to this guy and he didn't answer me. I started yelling questions asking, what are these things? Where am I? And he didn't respond to anything I was saying. The stranger grabbed Travis's arm and yanked him down the hallway. There were dim overhead lights. They came to a door which automatically opened without the guy doing anything. So, I mean. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Pneumatic hiss. Probably. They entered some kind of an airlock and went into a booth-like hallway. Then Travis was overcome by a shift in the environment. The air coming in was cooler. He could breathe better. The outside light was so much brighter in comparison. He was ushered out of an alien aircraft hangar. He said, He led me out of this craft, which appeared to be parked on side of a larger craft. He took me right out of there, down a hallway, to a room where there were two other people who looked like him. They weren't wearing helmets. So were they looked like humans? Uh, yeah. They were okay. tall and human-like, Scandinavian-looking. About <laughs> s- white as fuck, boy. Scandinavian. They were about six foot two with brownish blonde hair. Nazis! Fuck. Space Nazis. Space Nazis. Whew. Got him. Travis kept asking questions. He was pretty pissed, too. Like, he's not like... Where am I? Are we in overwards? He's like, what the fuck, bitch? Let me out of this fucking shit. Get my pot back. I'll fucking bust your head open, motherfucker. This smells like shit. You're fucking alien B.O. stanking up the fucking earth, yeah, bitch. Yeah, you fucking pale ass, musty ass, bitch. Scandinavian ass, Raggedy. crop top ass. Travis was asking questions. He was pissed. There was an exam table in the middle of the room. The man in the spacesuit pushed him towards it. He tried to get him onto the table. And Not tra- me, though. I thought uh, he was like six feet. Eight six nine. Knocked him clean. Fucking Scandinavian looking motherfucker. Knocked him out in one punch. I swear to God. Travis started freaking the fuck out that the guy wasn't answering him, and he fought for his life. But the others stepped in and overpowered him. They put something like an oxygen mask over his mouth and nose, and he blacked out. Fuck, man. Next, he remembers waking up outside in the cold air on the side of the road when he came to. Did they touch his butthole? He didn't say. I just don't know. Fuck. I'm sure it would have came out in hypnosis, but at the same time, if it's buried under trauma, it might not have. What do they want to know? What do aliens want to know? Um, so really interesting. Like the Southwest specifically has Roswell. It has uh, a lot of. It's where they developed Snowflake. like Snowflake, which is precious to everybody intergalactically, and mm-hmm. it has like that's where they were developing like nuclear technology and um, all kinds of like shady Air Force shit out there. 
So it does make sense to me that if something wanted to see what the fuck is up with humans, they would want to check out that area because that's where we're learning to make fucking nukes and stuff. Mm. And that's where Roswell just happened and all kinds of shit. So it makes sense to me that if there was somebody trying to see what we're about, like we're a colony of ants, Mm -hmm. they would go to where they know the ants are doing the thing. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. I think so. Travis returned home to a media circus. Not even Travis's mom was safe. She had a front yard, but she didn't have like a fence. Mm -hmm. So they were just fucking. On the yard. On the yard. Right outside her windows. She was quite literally stormed by journalists every day. Journalists from all over the world, from Japan and shit. Fucking TMZ. Get out of here, TMZ. I would only do Japan interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Konichiwa. Konichiwa. Can we move over there? So Travis told the media that he would do interviews and answer all their questions so long as they left his mom alone. Travis's blood screen came back, no drugs, and also no ketones. Ketones? Ketones are the thing that indicate if your body is feeding on your fat reserves. And that only happens when you're starving. That's why people want to go into ketosis. They only eat certain Mm, foods. It tricks the body. So he lost 10 pounds, but he hadn't gone into (gasps) a... Congrats, weight loss king. (laughs) But he hadn't gone into a state of ketosis, which means that there was some sort of nutrition being They were just literally pumping him full of like vitamins and minerals. The thing that he needs to not die. Yeah. And so that's kind of crazy that there was... I mean, that implies there's some kind of technology that... Yeah. What the feeding tube or something. Yeah. Travis and his brother, Duane, also did polygraph tests, and they passed. Travis Walton... How do you like me now, bitch? Bitch. Travis Walton was crucified in the media, and so was the rest of the boys. Travis Walton was... Menaces. An L for the men today. An L for the menaces. Aliens one, menaces zero. (laughs) Travis Walton was now a recognizable name. It was hard for him to find employment. Same with Mike Rogers, who ended up leaving the area. Skeptics came out and drones. Taking my sister with me. Yeah, fuck you guys. Skeptics came out and drones and theorized that the boys did this elaborate cover-up to get out of their contract. <laughs> None of them did return to the site after this happened. Yeah, I wouldn't. I fuck, would fuck that. that. But it wasn't really to their benefit because eighty percent of the work was already done, and they would basically be shorted because it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when a different crew came and finished the rest of the work they got paid for more than 20 percent of it the other guys got shorted like that's an l for them why would they Mm -hmm. do that travis wrote a book called the walton experience in 1978 which became a paramount smash hit film fire in the sky came out in 1993 and with that the culture in america had changed people began to believe travis have we seen that no he's he's in it too no way oh he's a cameo that's awesome so that's who plays him that's pretty good do you know how much they're that fucking book sells for how much so i read the book i wrote this actually in 2020 and i read the book um partially on the website and partially through like pdf form because he has excerpts of it on his website but um if you want to buy the actual book it's like seven hundred dollars. Shut the fuck up. The cheapest I could find it was two hundred fucking dollars. I have no. I don't think they make it anymore. Damn, that's um, crazy. Yeah. So there's no like. Show me the book. This is crazy. This is wild. Fucking insane. The Walton Experience. So here's it on Amazon. Six hundred and eighty-eight bucks. Yeah. Wow. And then you can find it used for two hundred dollars. It's really expensive. Damn. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And you unpaid delivery? Damn, you guys are fucked up. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so 
Alan Dallas died in 2010 and Dwayne died in 2018, so they never got to just enjoy, like, being believed. Because Travis, now he does, like, tours around mm. the fucking country. He's on Joe Rogan's podcast. He's on Joe Rogan. Like, he's almost like a celebrity. So they really didn't get to enjoy that. And that's sad for them. We had to kill them all first. And that is the story of the Travis Walton abduction. Are you scared, Jake? That was good. I'm, I am, I'm scared of that movie. That movie looks actually pretty scary. It does. I'm stoked to watch it. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I'm upset. Like, man, like aliens, can you just please help us out? Like, just come down and be chill. Be cool. Be chill. Quit fucking, like, but humans aren't cool. Humans aren't cool, man. They're not cool. My favorite alien movie is Significant Other. If you guys haven't seen it, you should go see it. It's got so many twists and, like, it's so wild. What's that one? It's the one we watched where um, the girl and the guy go on a trip and he proposes to her out in the woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one was good. That it was, was awesome. Movie. That was a good movie. It was, and I felt like it was a great representation of, like, how hopeless it would be if bad yeah. aliens came. If bad aliens came, there's yeah. nothing you can do to get away from them, really. Like, nothing at no. all. It was really good. You guys should watch it. Um, and they've been studying us since the 70s, so we know nothing oh, about them. Oh, my God. The 60s, even, because that's when yeah, Betty and 60s. Barney Hill got abducted. Yep. That's scary shit. And they kill our animals. They, like, take our animals and shit, like the horses and the goats and all that. They find all fucked up. You like, see the goats walking around in a circle for, like, 10 days? <laughs> no. What? No. Google it. It's in China. That's really scary. Literally, they have footage of these goats walking in a circle for 10 days. Why? What the fuck? That would fuck me up. I would uh-huh. be, like, sitting there crying, watching. <laughs> like, I'd be like, stop. I would be out there being, like, pushing them in different directions. <laughs> I'd be taking them out. I'd be like, we're going. you're going to this pen. You're going to that yeah. pen. Like, we're separating you all. There was we're a not- lot of goats, though. It would take you forever. You'd have to build some shit. Gaggle of goats. <laughs> Gaggle of goats. I actually recorded that episode in 2020 with someone who I'm not friends with anymore, and I did, like, a really bad job. Only 100 people listened to it, so I thought I would do a better job this time around and record it with you and put it out. So it's basically It's going to be better. Way better. And this is a part of the show where we do something fun to lighten the mood. Jake got a flirtatious message from a Chinese woman. Ooh, yeah, this was good. Um... Okay, I thought maybe you could read that if you wanted oh, to. Oh, okay. The message she sent me? Yeah, if you want. Uh, yeah. Or is that too fucked up? No. I'm I think good. it's funny. Comments. Send, sends me one of my pictures, okay, of me obviously looking like a fucking beefcake <laughs> in front of a pizzeria. <laughs> okay. That makes it funnier. <laughs> I know. And she says, "I'm. this is the most attractive man, the one who is dedicated to his work, responsible for the family, Filial to the parents? I have no idea. Is that a word? Filial? Maybe Google it. F-I-L-I-A-L. Filial to parents. I like loyal. I like take care of them. Of or do from a son or daughter. In Confucianism, Chinese Buddhism, and Taoist ethics, filial piety is a virtue of respect for one's parents, elders, and ancestors. Wow. So it's on par with Chinese. It's that culture. Wow. She really did. Maybe she's listening. Oh, shit, Queen. I'm so sorry. I'm not doing this to roast you. I just thought it was funny. No, we are doing this to <laughs> no. roast you. She fucking actually hit us up. Send no. me another message. We thought it was fu- I just thought it was funny because it was very specific and, like, insane, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Send us a message and we will uh, uh, interview you for the podcast. But you are a very attractive man, so I understand. Thank you. You seem to do all very well. So I think you are a gentleman, and I hope I can get to know you. You know what? Shoot your shot in 2022. I just really like that she went through your... I mean, you and your mom are close. Like, 
So, I mean, it was really a very specific compliment, and I understand. I can't blame her for shooting her shot, because you're a very handsome man. Shoot away, but... Shoot away. (laughs) For one other fun activity, I thought we could put lip plumper on you, and... um, Honestly, I don't want to do that right now, because my lips are dry as fuck. They're a trap. So, I think if I put, like, lip plumper on... It brings blood to your shit. I'm scared. Yeah, you put lip, lip... Whatever on. Fucking even couldn't say that. We'll do that. it together. Fucking, and you uh, can describe how you're feeling and we can post a picture of it too if you're comfortable. No, I'm going to do it. Oh. Okay. Can you do it? No, that's not. Fu- I do it all the time. All right, fine. I'll right. put the fucking limp lip plumper on. Let me find it. But you just do one top, one bottom. It's fucking. Rub it together real quick. I. Do not want to do this. This has a set of ingredients okay, that brings plumper. it brings the blood to your lips and it pumps them up. And it's also very glossy. It makes you look beautiful. And Jake's going to describe how it feels. <laughs> you look really good. He's putting it on now. The gasification process has begun. All right. Describe the feeling to the people. The smell. How's it going for you? It's sticky. Is it your first time wearing lip gloss? Yeah. How's it feel? Tingly. Tingly? Mm, tingling. Yeah? Hopefully there's not a chemical reaction between this and the Carmax. I doubt it. It's looking good. It's looking beautiful. The plumping has begun. I hate it. You're tingling? Mm-hmm. You're burning? A little. A little bit? Is it as bad as you thought? No. Your lips look so luscious. <laughs> I can't stop <laughs> laughing about it, so I don't know. <laughs> I think I look probably like a clown. No, they literally look so plump right now. I can't stop laughing. They're smiling. <laughs> stop. Okay. Okay, okay. This is serious. <sighs> <laughs> His lips look so luscious. <laughs> they do. They do. You look beautiful. What's the verdict on the lip plumper? I hate, I hate it. Not a fan? Not a fan. He's wiping it off. We're done here. Yeah, we're done. Well, you handled it really well. I thought yeah. you were going to have more of a reaction to the tingling. I'm not going to lie. It. I don't like it. I mean, it's still tingling for me. I don't I feel no, like... It is tingling. He really doesn't like it. <laughs> you really took one for the team there, Bay. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, Next week, Haley shoves Vicks Vapor up, up her nose. <laughs> I'll do it. Ugh. I'll do it. Uh, thank you for putting on lip plumper, Jakey, for the pod. Your lips look beautiful and luscious. They do. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm only doing this because I love you. I okay. love you. I love you the most. You look great, and you're a real trooper, and now you know what lip plumper feels like. I'd... First off, you have very nice lips. They're fucking plump as shit right now, though. Thank you. But you don't need this, okay? You're beautiful the way you are. But I respect your want to. Uh internal or I don't know how to explain it, but I like that you think you need this or I like Aww. that you put this on because you want to look pretty for me but yeah. just now I look pretty right now you're so sweet it. thank you for listening to another astonishing episode of the horror comedy podcast leave us a review and tell your friends or else we will launch a homicide investigation against you send in your scary stories at the Pro- horror probably not that but no I, I will mean, we'll we'll uh Abduct you. No. We'll be real sad. We'll be sad. Okay, I like that better. 
Send in your scary stories at the horror comedy podcast at gmail.com. That's P-O-T-C-A-S-T. And don't forget to drink water. Don't forget to drink water. Goodbye. Sources for this week include the Walton experience as well as excerpts from Travis-Walton.com, an archived article from the Arizona Republic titled Snowflake Resident Missing and UFO Linked Incident, and a documentary called Travis Walton. Bye. Bye.